Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And my guest today is Allison Janney, who to me is one of those actors that when I hear she's in something, whether it's Broadway, television, movies, I go, it's going to be good. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> Whatever happens, this is really going to be good. So, of course, she does so many things. She's on Mom on TV, which is just on every week. And then she decided, I'll go to Broadway. And I'll do six degrees of separation because why lead a life? I'm just going to do all of these things, right? That's it. So anyway, I'm Indeed. honored to have you here. I am honored to be here, Peter. And Thank you for having great. me. You know, eight performances a week. I forgot. For some reason, I thought after coming off of doing 9 to 5, a musical, uh -huh. I thought, well, this is, this is more in my wheelhouse, do a straight play. It's only an hour and a half, in and out. I'll be at Joe Allen's having martini. <laughs> And I've never been more exhausted in my life. I can't even think about going out after the show. I just sit in my dressing room and kind of stare at the wall and go, what just happened? And, 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 and then it's all I can do just to get home and go to bed, to get up and do it all over again. again. Is it because I'm older? <laughs> Is that it? I just, <laughs> I just think everybody that has to do that just thinks, okay, I'll get to opening night, yeah. I'll get reviewed, and it'll all be over. But it isn't. It doesn't. It keeps it's, going. What Six Degrees was written in 1990, mm -hmm. or first produced, we didn't have the internet, really. Nobody no. was on Facebook and Instagram, yeah. so that if some imposter came in and said, I'm Sidney Poitier's son. Yeah, we could have just Googled him right there and, and looked and, and said, no, you're no, not. Get out of here. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. No. So even a scam artist can't work his magic game. <laughs> well, that's one good thing that's come from the internet. It really I mean, has. you know, of many, but many bad things too, but that's very true. But in in a topical way to me, 6 degrees with the notion of that we're really close, we're only 6 degrees away. Yeah has been reduced to almost no degrees. You could be that connected to people. Yes, and yet what is missing is the, the human face-to-face -face contact, mm -hmm. which I think um, is, is more important than the other. And in some ways we're less connected that way than even though we're more connected. And, and there's so many themes in this play that resonate even more now than they probably did back in 1990, I think, when issues of, you know, with... Um, Paul, the character of Paul, saying, you know, I, he says, I will be, the police will treat me badly, and I, or they'll kill me, and I say, I don't think so, and he says, Miss Louisa Kittredge, I am black, and it stops the... We don't have that anymore. No, that we don't just have never any problems happened. with race at all. Wow. No. It's just, it's in just extraordinary. The, in just the scant 25, 6 years, uh, we haven't really come very far in no. terms of what the social engagement is, but yeah. there you are. Seeing you on stage playing this part, but look at you, tall, elegant, beautiful, standing there in your Fifth Avenue apartment, looking, this is, this character is 180 degrees from Bonnie on, on yes. Mom. <laughs> she is, but I love seeing that. We're seeing this sophistication, and then we're seeing underneath it that you and your husband in the art business are just as much a scam artist as Paul. Exactly. Yeah. We are con artists on a, on a higher plateau. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, very, very much we do the same thing. And um, it's, it's interesting. My whole, I, I, this is sort of an homage to all the women I grew up with. And my grandmother lived in Long Island and used to take me into the city to go stay with some of her fancy friends on the Upper East Side. And so I, I grew up watching these women. And, and and sort of idolizing them a bit because I thought they were so fantastic with their 
all their makeup and jewelry and just gliding through life. Um, and I'm fascinated by them, but to get to play Weeza and have her wake up to what isn't working in her life is an extraordinary journey and an honor to get to play every night and to have John Guare there with us and be so supportive of this, this production and so excited and he's um, been such a, a, a gift to us all with, because of his, his love of us in this particular production because mm-hmm. um, it hasn't been done since then and I, I wondered why he waited so long to do a revival but he just wanted to wait for Maybe right he thinks it's the right time. And right I do time. too. I and think I, it is. I think it's saying yeah. this. And uh, to me, it's, well, he's just a brilliant writer, yes, period. And when he writes directly for the movies like Atlantic City, it's just a genius script. Yeah. And this is, resonates to me more than it did at the time. Yeah, that's Because it says, look where we've come and look how not far. And look <laughs> how, how not, not far, far we've come oh, right. and how shocking that is and I've had friends who came to see it who when they saw the original production they didn't have kids mm-hmm. and now they do so seeing it and seeing it the whole play through the kit with seeing I mean the kids in this production are, are extraordinary oh and, I mean that's uh, just for, uh, when people see if you were lucky enough I mean around the world you'll just have to come yeah you know Allison will pay for your trip <laughs> And you just come and she'll leave two tickets. Just call my number, 555 and I will take care of all. It's all coming. (laughs) But they come on in this fabulous whining, complaining, It stayed so, I mean, John Hickey says that John Guare was writing about millennials before millennials even existed. (laughs) He was so, I mean, it's staged brilliantly. The kids bring, they get, the entrance of the the kids gets uh, uh, entrance applause. It's starting to get entrance applause because it's so, it's just brilliant, brilliantly staged by Trip Coleman. Um, it's I cannot wait on stage for for when they arrive because I go, oh, phew, I can relax, let these kids. <laughs> That's it. Now, I don't care about what they're doing, but I can relax I can during relax this period. Enjoy their if I they get to watch them. This, yeah, watch them do this. Because you haven't been on Broadway since 9 to 5. 9 to 5, yeah. I remember you. Now, look at that. That was like, oh, one of the boys. I know. Oh, chorus boys. Never. I never even knew that could be on my bucket list of things to do because I never thought I'd be offered a Broadway musical because I'm not a singer. But Joe Mantello was like, I don't want a singer. I want you. So it was... was Confidence building, though, isn't it? And it's been like, you know, that was right on the tails of West Wing, and I wanted to do something completely different. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, a Broadway musical could not be more different than West Wing. With music by Dolly Parton. Yeah. (laughs) Beauty, exquisite Dolly Parton. And so now doing Mom and and television and films, I was... And gliding through life. And what... (laughs) Is is that what your day is like? (laughs) It's been an extraordinary year this year. I've not had much of a, a rest. I really have been, you know, this is a test to my stamina. If I make it through this, I might just, you know. Take a vacation? No. Uh, I have to because I have been. My, my life is like, I, I, my life is what I do, and I've I got to pay attention to the other part of my life. But mom has just been picked up right for season yes. five. But that schedule, <clears throat> working with um, um, Anna and, and the whole cast, they're so 
great to work with. And it's two weeks on, one week off. It's the most civilized schedule in, in the business. It's, well, that shouldn't happen. We expect you actors who make $20 million a show I to don't really make course that. you do. People, to just oh, you always think, everyone thinks every, mm-hmm. people may have, have more money than they actually do and make more money than they actually mm-hmm. do. And I can prove it. I've got my pay stubs. Maybe <laughs> we'll I really want to see that. I do, yeah. No, it's called crazy TV money for something. Yeah. But the fact is, with Mom, we're watching a, <laughs> a, a sitcom that's about addiction, drugs, mm-hmm. uh, death. Um, yeah, we deal with all everything. All kinds of wonderful comic uh, moments. Uh, everything that life throws at you, uh, we just happen to be in recovery. And yeah. when you're in recovery, life doesn't stop happening to you and you have to get through stuff and keep your recovery and that's the journey we chose to show with these two women on the show i'm so proud of telling the, their stories and showing showing people in recovery that there's hope and and laughter and 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 a truly worthy life to lead but when people see you what are they saying when they see you on the street and stop you is it is it cj on the west wing is it uh, one of the movies that you've done what is it that they recognize you most for? um uh, mostly CJ, I think, but some people. I did this movie called Drop Dead Gorgeous, which. Oh, which, no, that's. Which, uh, which you I and Ellen Barkin in that movie. I want to just so run on a continuous loop. <laughs> <laughs> and that was extraordinary. I literally met Ellen Barkin, and two minutes later, I had to be play her best friend on camera. <laughs> that's the weirdest thing about being an actor. Just, okay, and now we're best friends, and Ellen is so wonderful. But that, I get a lot of crazy fans with that movie. Which is, which is always fun. I never know. Some people come up and go, oh my God, I just have to say I loved you in View from the Bridge. Or some, you know, it's always, it's always a, a different thing. But most, I'm 9 out of 10. 5 out of 10, it's CJ. Well, it shows you're doing something right. But yeah. that scene where Ellen Barkin's doing your hair and you're <laughs> saying that her daughter was the most smartest. She's the most smartest. smartest is yeah. time capsule work. Oh, God, most you know. smartest. And are we on caps again? <laughs> I love that. Are we on caps again? Right. <laughs> but with West Wing now, too, people have always saying, Are you, is that going to come back? I know. I've never, I can't imagine a time where that, that show is, has more sparkle and shine on it, more just it's such a dream to have an administration like that. People, during this time, people yearn for that more. There's, well, they do yearn for it, but who'd yeah. ever have thought that CJ would morph into Sean Spicer? That's just not a good... <laughs> Look at that. It's where we are. Why isn't Aaron Sorkin writing about that? I know. Mm-hmm. But the only thing good about Sean Spicer is Melissa McCarthy. That's just <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Well, she found his secret heart. Oh, my God. She is... Now, Melissa, too. You've been her mother. I her have boss. played her mother and her <laughs> I remember her spying. Yep. That has now, to be Now, that trip. was extraordinary to try to do improv with... Melissa, first of all, she's she's a. I've, I've known her a long time, and and always knew that she would was a star and so brilliantly funny. But it's, sitting across from her and trying to improv as the head of the CIA, I basically, which is why I said nothing. <laughs> I just would stare at her with a straight face and watch her go all over the place and just go, stop talking, shut up. Like I couldn't. It was, um, yeah, she's one of my favorite people on the planet, I would say. But when you look back on your movie work, what are the ones that stick in your head besides Drop Dead Gorgeous? I mean, you've been in, 
like Oscar winning movies like uh, American Beauty. Well, that was a my fr- okay. Well, my first. Oh God, there's so many wonderful. All those movies mean a lot to me, but perhaps one of the first that meant a lot to me was my relationship that started with Mike Nichols when he saw me in a play that I did at Atlantic Theater Company called Fat Men in Skirts. And he saw me in that play and wrote me the loveliest letter and put me in um, his movie Wolf. I had like just a small little part mm-hmm. in there. And then from that, he put me in Primary Colors, where I had that great Pratt fall down the stairs, which Aaron Sorkin saw, and I feel sure that is why he put me in West Wing. And Mike was always in my corner and a champion for me, and I just loved him so much. So anything I did with him was was huge for me. And um, He was the most smartest. He was the most, most smartest, smartest of all of them. Oh, God, he, I just... <laughs> Yes, and Alan Ball, who I was in his play Five Women Wearing the Same Dress and at Manhattan Class Company here in New York. Five Women Wearing the Same Dress, mm-hmm. and what was the other one? Fat Women Fat in, men in men skirts. skirts. That was the Nikki Silver play. Yeah. And Alan Ball wrote the Five men, Women Wearing the Same Dress, and then he <laughs> had Sam Mendes see me for the part of the, you know, the mom in, in American Beauty. So mm-hmm. a lot of the, the film work that I got uh, came from the theater. And from that Fat Men in Skirts production, Stanley Tucci wrote you know, had big night and was trying to get that done. So from he played, we played husband and wife in that play and he put me in big night. And that was an extraordinary, you know. So it's good. There's just the, the six degrees for you are kind of amazing. Yeah. That that happens. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. And you were, you were, you were an Ohio girl. That's where you were raised, right? Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. So then you were with uh, Paul Newman at, at, Kenyon. at Kenyon College, where he went to Kenyon College and came back to christen the brand new theater they had built there by directing the first play that was and done in there. And it was a play that Michael Christopher, who, who won the Pulitzer Prize for Shadowbox, wrote. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a play that, I don't, it didn't have a life after that production, uh, um, but it was, it was an extraordinary experience for, for me and a lot of, of, these, of um, the other students at Kenyon to get to be in a play directed by Paul Newman. It was extraordinary. And to meet Joanne Woodward, and they were very instrumental in getting me to come to New York and go to the Neighborhood Playhouse. And, and she was so generous and gracious with her time and started a theater company with a lot of us actors and provided us a place to do scenes and showcases to get agents. And, and, and then the doors just flung open. Oh, yes. And just people boom, said, overnight. Alice and Jenny, <laughs> you're in. This is it. I, Whatever you want. I didn't get my Broadway debut is when I was 38. So things didn't happen for me. For, for, well, for a what while. would happen when you would audition, when you were starting out? Um, what would people say to you? I think I was just, I was too, too tall and not, um, I don't think, I think I just didn't fit in. I was too tall and not right for an ingenue role. I was not too young to play a lot of the character roles that I would be playing. I think I just had to marinate a little, you know, before people saw a use for me. Believe me, I was... I was trying to think of anything else I could do, and if there had been anything else, I would have, I would have, I would have <laughs> done it. I would have had to have because like, there was what? nothing. I was like, oh my god, there's nothing else I can do. I'm going to have to wait this out. So there's no to the answer to the question of what would you have done and been is zero. Yeah, there's nothing. It's like you couldn't. I love dogs. I possibly could have been a uh, you know dog walker <laughs> I do too. or a dog groomer. I don't know <laughs> something so with animals. Well, you have. You no. only brought two of them. I saw them in the green room of your seven Emmys. You know, so which is good. Well, it's to all know. I could. I was trying to get them made into earrings <laughs> to, to, to do that. Where where do they sit? In <laughs> they your are in my office in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I have two beautiful bookshelves that they're on in, in my office, and they're 
they're, I'm proud of every single one of them and love them. That's four for West Wing, mm -hmm. uh, two for Mom, Mom, and one for Masters of Sex. Masters of Sex, Where yeah. you went in and told everyone about sex. Do you have? <laughs> where I told, told everyone, everyone about? Well, oh, yes. well. well you yeah. seemed like you had the answers. That was, a, I was one of the, well, it was an extraordinary role I got to play, mm -hmm. Margaret Scully, and, and, and some extraordinary things I got to do at an age I never thought I would do on camera. Um, but well, I, I keep hearing you say that. I never thought I'd do it. I never thought it. And yet, yeah. they come up and you do do them, which is a great thing for all of us who get to watch you, you to do it. So you've never been on this show before. And, you know, I don't know why you've turned me down so many times. It's always so disheartening. I've never turned no, you okay, down. I would never turn you, you can, down. You can say that. But you don't know that it ends in song. No, a it does. Song, always we in the song. Well, you know, you have done so much singing. <laughs> Look at that, the cough, I'm getting a cough in the... I'll know when my man comes along, I'll know when he's here, there, I don't know what it is. Is he here? I don't know, Pierre, <laughs> Pierre? is he? <laughs> I don't know, maybe there could what be somebody What do we sing? What are we supposed there? to sing? You could sing, that was beautiful. No, oh, but, but I thought you had you something specific. You did Guys specific. and Dolls. You can't really do I didn't a, even know what one that of was. the boys. That is from Guys and Dolls. No, see, I had no idea. I just, it just to It's it. in your head. Yeah, it's one of those things I say to make my friends laugh. Sometimes I'll just break out in that. that or like when know. I call for, well, never mind. I'm not Did you always that. know when your love would come along? No. <laughs> no. No. Okay, well, that's Not like who did that. I just, uh, yeah, it's no different than my career or my whatever's happening Well, now. we'll leave it at that for okay. now. This therapy session Are you going to sing to me? Well, I would sing with you if you wanted, but I w it would have to come from you. It always comes from What a guess. day this, this has been. been. What, what a rare, rare mood I'm in. Well, well it's almost like being in love. love. Look at that. We did Brigadoon. Was that we'll Brigadoon? We'll be here every thousand no years. <laughs> I think that's Frank Where Sinatra. Where those songs come from your head? <laughs> I just don't know. I'm a and jukebox. Allison. It's just fabulous to meet you it's and nice to, to see you and to have this year. It was great. Thank you. Yeah.